you know, for one, women get 4% of all venture capital funding, which is terrible. It's, yeah. And if you're a person of color, it's even less. It's figuring out and calling out that unconscious bias when it happens, because that unconscious bias is underlying why we're only getting 4% of that funding. Hey, welcome to My Company Story. I'm your host, Don Burge. My Company Story is a podcast where I get to interview some of the most interesting business owners and CEOs about the challenges that they've faced and how they've overcome them. Enjoy the show. Hi, I'm here with Ashley Crowder. Ashley is the CEO and co-founder of Ventana. And I'm going to let Ashley describe what Ventana is in her own words. Uh, Ashley, welcome to My Company Story. Thanks so much. It's great to be here. Um, yeah, so Ventana makes it really easy to create 3D web and augmented reality experiences that have proven to double online sales because having a 3D version of a product just gives consumers such a better understanding of what that product is. And then using augmented reality, you can actually place it in your environment. So I can see if that couch fits in my living room or if I'm someone buying medical devices, I can see does that machinery fit in my, my lab. So, so there's a lot of different applications. So Ashley, let's take that couch example for a minute then. So if I'm a manufacturer of furniture of a couch, then do I uh, work with you guys to create my couch in 3D? And then what happens with that? And, and how does the consumer see it? Yeah, that's a great question. So a lot of times, if, if you're a company that designs and manufactures your product, you're probably designing in 3D today. So there's different programs like AutoCAD and SolidWorks. There's a number of different ones. You've probably heard of them. So you have this initial design file. The problem is that's not something you can just put on your website. It's usually a really big file. It has all the details to manufacture, right? So your website would crash if you tried to put that on there. Right. Um, or on a mobile device, it just wouldn't load. So Traditionally, you would have to hire an agency. 3D artists would do a bunch of manual work. Um, it takes time and it, and it costs money. So it's one thing to do, do a one-off product. But when we work with companies like Adidas, they launch 25,000 products a year. Wow. Hugo Boss, 40,000 products a year. So this manual way of doing things with agencies doesn't work. Right. And so what Ventana software does is we take that initial design file and we have really smart algorithms um, that automatically convert, compress it, and create the 3D web version. So if any of you have used like YouTube to upload a video and share a video or Vimeo for videos, we're kind of doing the same thing, but for 3D. Oh, I see. All right, great. So you're doing a, a, like, a, like a Vimeo movie, but you're doing a 3D little movie that of the CAD file that Hugo Boss may have of their shoe. And so someone can look at the shoe from all dimensions on the screen instead of walking into a store and seeing that shoe. Exactly. Yeah. So on the screen, they can look at every dimension. And then if you're on your, your cell phone, you could actually click AR and I could hold up my phone and see that couch in my living room. Wow. Or, yeah. See that piece of manufacturing equipment in my factory. Wow. You know? That's fantastic. So you can see that you can walk into a, a, a plain apartment and have a couch on and look at VR and seeing it on your phone and seeing, oh, that couch would look perfect under that window, that type of thing before you buy it. Exactly, exactly. Wow. And we can actually match the exact size because I am not a decorator. That is not my thing. Uh, so I can't tell you how many times I've ordered something online and like it looks like a doll table next to the couch, right? <laughs> right. You know, because you don't know like, the sizing. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so the size has been a huge utility for people to really be able to use augmented reality and understand, oh, this is how big that item is. 
That's great. I get it. That's fantastic. So actually, how did you how did you happen to get into this into this business? I mean, and is it very competitive? Are many people doing this, or are you guys the the kind of the leaders in this industry? And, and you created this kind of product. Or tell me more about that. Yeah. So um, I got my bachelor's and master's in engineering uh, from USC. So you know, I always loved science and building things. And that engineering school had a partnership with the military. Uh, where the military funded research in AR and VR development. So I ended up getting exposed to that group. And I was like, this is the future. This is going to change everything. Uh, and so that's when um, I really decided I, I wanted to work in this space. Because during college, like, I didn't know AR VR was an option. You know, it, it was really like I, I met this group after, right after I graduated. And so I uh, decided to found the company on making it easy to create these types of 3D interactive experiences. And how long um, ago was that, Ashley? When did you found the company? That was almost eight years ago. Eight years um, ago. Yeah, so it was founded with my co-founder, Ben. Um, he did business at USC, so it's a great partnership. And uh, in the beginning, you know, phones weren't capable of 3D. This is pre-Pokemon Go, right? Um, so we were doing lots of location-based experiences. So at South by Southwest and Comic-Con um, for big brands, and throughout the years, it was a great way, you know, we, we built a profitable business doing these event-based experiences, but everybody always had the same problem with the 3D assets. Nobody ever had the right files. And so over the years, we ended up writing a lot of software to help solve that problem. And so starting last year, this is before COVID, we were like, hey, now that web can support 3D, now that everyone's phone can do AR, the need for these 3D assets is huge. We should focus on licensing the software as a service and letting our clients use it on their own. So last year we had started making that transition. And then this year COVID happened and thank God we had already made that pivot kind of because now there are no events. Right. Everyone, there, there's even a bigger need for 3D because with retail shut down, how do you sell someone a product without them getting to see it? Right. So, I would think it would be a huge demand right now because retail is shut down and you can't go in like the shoe example we were talking about earlier. I can go on now and look at that shoe all sorts of ways instead of setting of standing in a store and looking at it. There must be a huge demand for what you guys are doing right now. Is that the case? And, and what does a, a who go? I mean, who does the who do, who do retailers who else can they go to for this kind of thing? Well, I don't want you to tell me who else they can go to. But yeah, but I mean, what 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 I mean, it's a wonderful option for them. I, I can't imagine anything else that they could do right now. Yeah. So, so the way we look at the competitive space is, you know, there's there's companies like Sketchfab and CG Trader. They looked at this problem and they created a marketplace. So you can buy a random 3D shoe or you can hire a 3D artist who's in India or South China that's less expensive than a 3D artist in LA, right? So there, but it's still a manual process. We looked at this problem and said, there needs to be automated software. We've got manufacturing design files for most of this stuff. How do we write smart algorithms to take what you already have and automatically create the 3D web and AR version? And so that's our big differentiator. So if you're a company that has you know, one to five products, Maybe you can hire that 3D artist. You know, maybe that makes sense for you. Where we really come in is you're trying to do this at scale and you're in the thousands of products and you, you need software to help automate a lot of those processes. That's fantastic. So who was your target customer then? Who are you going after? Who, what's your sweet spot for, uh, for your customer base? Yeah, so um, right now, and initially, we have a lot of clients within the e-commerce the e space. So you think about shoes and purses and accessories. 
Um, I mentioned Adidas, uh, you know, Shaw Jewelry was one of our first clients using our software on their own. They've got 2,500 uh, 3D models now. That's how much jewelry that they, they make. Um, and then we're also working with more industrial equipment. So that's kind of the other, whether it's medical device or, um, you know, a Caterpillar type equipment, you know, all of that usually is sold traditionally, you would go send a salesperson out there and, and they'd walk you through, but you can't do that anymore. But imagine if you could just send them a link and they could look at that product in 3D and see how it fits in their lab or their factory. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's been exciting. That's fantastic. So let's, let's talk a little bit about your company uh, pre-COVID and post-COVID. I mean, so yeah. be before, before March of 2020, you mentioned South by Southwest and the AR experiences. Tell us, tell the audience a little bit about what you guys were doing then and what you were selling in the real world versus now then what you had to do to pivot to this world. Yeah. So, so yeah, as I mentioned, we were kind of doing this location-based mixed reality experiences, um, built a profitable business doing that, but we knew the software was, it was a, the bigger win. Wait a right? minute. The, but take me about what does that mean? What, what did you mean you built that, that like a South by Southwest? What would you actually do there at South by Southwest? What was your company doing there? Yeah, so we would have like a hologram installation showing like Adidas shoes and it would be interactive where we had a hologram of a, a DJI drone that would fly when you moved it. Oh, that and somebody so, walked by and took a look at and, and, and there was a there was a physical experience with this at yes. that time. Ah, yeah. okay, okay. Exactly, so it's kind of standalone hardware that projected the digital and you could interact, but you still right. needed that 3D model, the same 3D model you need on a website or, or somewhere else, right? Ah, okay. Uh, and so, yeah, we would do lots of those, um, those type of location-based experiences, uh, but everybody, the the software the same software was needed if that right makes so sense. you so that software so people walking up to to a, a, an exhibit at South by Southwest seeing this hologram going in there oh well that's great now all of a sudden that's all shut down there's no more yeah. live experiences but in the meantime you had already developed the software to go into the web so then at COVID then what happened there yeah so we had we had already starting last year already decided. SaaS, a SaaS business is obviously, obviously much more valuable than events business. And so the software last year became our focus and we said, we want to grow and launch this. And we had planned to launch in January this year, which we did. Uh, we did, however, assume we were still going to have these events going. It was kind of like two divisions of the company. Um, with COVID, obviously every event got canceled. Um, so we had to make the hard decision of like, all right, we thought we were going to have this event business continue on and drive cash uh, for the business as we continue to get our software up and running. But with no events, it became clear that we had to just kind of shut this part of our business down. Um, and so we thought we mothballed it. So, right, mothballed it. That's um, a good way of putting yeah. it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And so um, we made that decision. It was tough. I mean, we had some employees who were only on that event side, great employees really smart people, but we just no longer had anything for them to do. Yeah. Um, so we had to make that really hard decision to, to make some layoffs so that we could focus and grow the software piece of the business, um, which now it, it's super exciting. I mean, there was a need for 3D before COVID. COVID has only expedited it because every retailer became a D2C company overnight. All they have is their website. Right. How do you make that better? Right, right. No, um, you know, right, so, the right place at the right time, as far as that goes. It's just unfortunate that you had those key employees that were uh, specializing in the event side, and that just wasn't happening out there. But did the 
did the uh, online side of the company then make up for that? Now it's been a few months after this. Has that grown to, to take care of that void that you lost before? Yeah, yeah. And it's been so exciting to see. Um, we, you know, I, I think when COVID first happened, everyone panicked a bit. I think a lot of budgets were frozen. Kind of Q2 is like wait and see. Um, and now I really, at least from our standpoint, see that things have normalized a little bit. People are starting to invest more in digital technology because that's the only for sure thing for the next six months to a year. Who knows how long this is going to go on? So for, for our standpoint, yeah, it really was the right product at the right time. And there's nothing more valuable than that. You can't really plan that. We got no, lucky. You, you can't. You can't. But knowing what you know, though, now, Ashley, and, and, and from your experience and looking into the future, where, with, with COVID's going to be with us for a while, I would imagine, where do you see the industry going? I mean, what are some of the trends in the short run six months, a year, five years, if you can? I mean, where do you see your industry growing? Yeah, I mean, when, when I look at the space, I kind of think back, you know, in the 80s, we went from film to digital. So everyone was shooting pictures on film, and then we got digital cameras and all the amazing things that we could do with digital really helped change the face of, of marketing content, all content. Um, now we're in this transition of digital to 3D. And so if you, like, if you get Ikea's kitchen catalog in the mail, not a single photo was taken. That's all 3D renders. No um, kidding. Wow. Yeah. So like we're, we're in this transition in every single company, whether you're a consumer brand like Ikea and Adidas or you're industrial like, you know, Pfizer or Merck, you know, everyone needs to be thinking about their 3D strategy wow. because it's getting rid of the need of photo shoots. You can start selling products online before you even manufacture it because it's all, all done in 3D digitally. Um, you, you know, more and more people are having headsets. So, you know, VR in the next five years, product placement in VR is going to become a, a, a very real advertising option. You've got, uh, even today, you can advertise in 3D today on Google, Facebook, and Snapchat, but most people don't have the right 3D assets. So if I Googled, you know, I don't know, shoe uh, on Google, instead of text, there could be a 3D version popping up. Oh, I see. Or realtors, I imagine also selling a home could be that way, or, or there's so many different things you can go with that direction, I would think. Yeah, do, so do everything foresee, is moving this way. Do you see like things as simple as a camera is going to be a 3D camera then instead of the digital, like you, you, know, you mentioned from film to digital, will, it, will that be a, a natural direction also? Yeah, so the, the iPad that was released this year has um, a, an even better IR sensor. So you can actually scan a room with, with wow. an iPad. Um, and same with your, your iPhone. Like, it's incredible. Like, the, the power of our cell phones is really enabling all this. Um, so it's so exciting. And, I mean, Apple is, is I think, scheduled to launch their um, augmented reality headset in the next two years. I think that's going to be game-changing because it'll just become more and more, you know, AR and VR is going to become the norm. Yep. Yep. Fantastic. So Ashley, tell us a little bit about, you've been in business for five, eight years now, and you've gone through an awful lot of things. We talked a little bit about the challenge of when you moved from the experience base now to the SaaS software and doing that. Are there other challenges that come to mind that you'd want to share with the listeners about that you've had to overcome in the last few years or few months with, uh, with, with your business? Well, I think COVID's the biggest thing. It's the biggest one, yeah, I know. I mean, that's that's the biggest thing and, and really having to make those hard decisions and I think having to make those hard decisions fast because, um, you know, I, I think 
you're never going to have all the information that you want. Um, you try and, you know, we've got great advisors and great people we talk to at the end of the day, but then you just kind of need to, you know, the business better than anybody else. Um, so yeah, I think, I think COVID was really that, that biggest thing. Yeah. Yeah. And do you, speaking of advisors, do you have a team of advisors around you that you toss ideas off of and tell us a little bit about how your decision-making goes on? Yeah. So we've got um, some great investors who, you know, we always bounce ideas off and, and reach out to, and, and they span the space from people, um, you know, in, in real estate background to M&A to technology to retail. So it's nice to get kind of different perspectives. Um, and then I've also just met some some amazing people along the way, other other founders and um, you know serial entrepreneurs that I've met through different conferences and 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 asked them to be official advisors. And so yeah, I've got um, really some great people to reach that's out fantastic. to. And yeah, I, you always want to surround yourself with smarter people because that's what right. helps you well, <laughs> get I, to a better place. <laughs> yeah, but actually, in your case, it, it, it impresses me very hard to find someone smarter than you, though, it seems. I don't know. No, <laughs> That'd be a challenge I, in itself, I would think. <laughs> I know the 3D stuff, but yeah. uh, I mean, yeah. that's one thing. I, I'll say just a different challenge in the space. You know, <laughs> I, had, I knew nothing about raising money. I knew nothing about raising money from investors when I started. My co-founder had no experience doing it either. We kind of had to learn that the hard way just by doing it. Um, and, and I'd say that was tough. And I, and I definitely luckily met some great people who had built successful tech companies, raised a bunch of money, you know, sold their companies. So I could ask them because it is a totally foreign thing if you've never done it before. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's very difficult. That would be a unique challenge unto itself. Ashley, what about, is there, is there a particular challenge or are there opportunities or obstacles with being a woman in a primarily, isn't it primarily a, do, a male dominated space that you're in with software or am I wrong? Or was there any aspect of that that was uh, unique? Yeah. I mean, I've, I've always been in male dominated fields. I mean, my whole college experience, I guess, I guess. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I'd say, you know, for one, women get 4% of all venture capital funding. Only 4%? 4%? Wow which is terrible. It's, yeah. And if you're a person of color, it's even less. Yeah. Um, and so I'd say, you know, the, the biggest thing I deal with, it, it's just this underlying unconscious bias, right? I have a male co-founder, so we'll get email introduced to someone and they'll respond and assume I'm the admin. Oh, interesting. It's little things like that. And, oh, you're the CEO, you know, I'll introduce myself, you're the CEO. Oh, what do you do for them, sales? Well, I <laughs> co-founded the company, so that's right. one part of what I do, right. um, you know? And I think it's figuring out and calling out that unconscious bias when it happens, because that unconscious bias is underlying why we're only getting 4% of that funding, right? I'm sitting there, I gotta explain my revenue. We have 14 patents, we should be judged as a technology company. And I'm here explaining my revenue and trying to, you know, well, this customer's great. Whereas I have, I have male co-founder friends, you know, one patent pending, no customers were able to raise at a higher valuation. It's like, okay, well, how does that work? What's the deal here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so yeah. look, I, I think, um, you know, we're getting there and I think it's about having open and, and honest and hard conversations. And I think a lot is going on right now in the world to, to make that better. So. So yeah, I'm excited and I just, you know, I 
want to grow this to be a billion dollar company. So I'm one more woman example, right? That's great. Well, that's great, yeah. Ashley. Well, I, I, I have every confidence you're going to be going that direction very, very quickly. It sounds like a wonderful <laughs> company and a wonderful product. And you're uh, such a dynamic individual to be on here. I want to thank you for being on our show. Before we, uh, if anyone wants to get a hold of you, Ashley, what's the best way to do that? Yeah, you can just go to our website, um, ventana.com, or you can shoot an email at info at ventana.com. Great, and spell Ventana for us, because I know it's not. Yes, it is uh, like window in Spanish, but we're in LA, so we had to drop the E for trademark reasons, so it's just V-N-T-A-N-A.com. Fantastic, Ashley, thanks so much for being on the show. You've been a wonderful guest, and we look forward to following your progress. Thanks so much. Okay, bye-bye. Hey, thanks for listening to My Company Story. We have new episodes coming out every week, so please subscribe if you like this. And if you'd like to hear previous episodes, you can go to mycompanystory.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, if you or someone you know would be interested in coming on the show, please email me at don at Thanks for listening.